Pacifica radio station, KPFA 94.1 FM. Angela Davis says, Mumia Abu-Jamal is one of the most important public intellectuals of our time. He offers us new ways of thinking about law, democracy, and power. As usual, Angela is right. This is Walter Turner inviting you to join Angela and Johanna Fernandez and myself as we gather to discuss Mumia and his important new book, Writing on the Wall, Selected Prison Letters. This will happen Thursday, February 18th at 7.30 p.m. at First Congregational Church of Oakland, 2501 Harrison Street. There's free parking and wheelchair access at this KPFA benefit, which is co-sponsored by City Lights Books. Advanced tickets are available at brownpapertickets.com, Marcus Books, and other independent bookshops. Find more information on the KPFA website for February 18th, Gathering for Mumia. And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, and online at kpfa.org. The time is a minute past 3 p.m. Stay tuned next for Jennifer Stone and Cover to Cover. Happy ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday. Happy endings are the rule. So divide up those in darkness from the ones who walk in light. Light them up, boys. There's your picture, drop the shadows out of sight. This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. Today is January the 26th, 2016. Welcome to the 21st century culture vultures. I, I looked at the public affairs um, list on my desk this morning and I thought, time for me to give over. Just forget it. There's a essay called Left of Bernie and Harper's and I, I shredded it. I, I got all this stuff. Cornell West. Yes, God bless Cornell West. Then it, then it comes to, um, yes, Bob Avakian and the Revolutionary Communist Party and I thought, well, I'll just leave that <laughs> to the, to the young. Yes, let them, uh, what do you call it, uh, synthesize the 20th century, and then I'll ask them what happened. The the young, yes, uh, those burn, born, actually born in this uh, century. Left of Bernie is in the current Harper's magazine, and I must say it, it gave me a... Uh, rush of nostalgia and I thought well I'd be sitting in a uh, cafe in a Mediterranean cafe on Telegraph talking to a bunch of uh, 
Marxist philosophers. Yeah, this article by Garrett Kaiser, spelled K-E-I-Z-E-R, Kaiser, he's a contributing editor of Harper's. It's the current issue. Oh, uh, uh, yes. Uh, uh, the article, the uh, little epigraph at the top says, you see, well, anyway, it's all about uh, our new revolution. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's not my revolution anymore. Yeah, you say you want a revolution. Check it out if you are a fan of Harper's Magazine. Yes. Revolutions for me, I found, uh, let's see, I found a uh, promotion here for a dance group, Dance in Revolt, actually. The title is Dance in Revolting Times. As said, the Dance Brigade Dance Mission Theater uh, started a couple days ago, runs through February the 7th. I'd like to get to that. I just think they're so special. Uh, the the title is actually Dirt, D-I-R-T, Dance in Revolting Times. Eighteen choreographers, thought-provoking programs, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it's in San Francisco, folks. Uh, Dance Mission Theater. Uh, for those of you who like to see things... Uh, what do you call that? Um, uh, realize. That is realized. Yes, I want to see it, not hear it anymore. Words, uh, words. Don't, don't do it for me. I'm afraid. I just can't quite find the right words. I, I think it's, what do you call that? Uh, it's not just being weary. It's just that, uh, the words don't say the things that they said to me in the past. And uh, I'm not sure where it gets me. But basically, uh, I'll have to go to the uh, philosophers this week. I did find a couple of uh, new artists. But I guess, I guess, what am I saying? The avant-garde ain't what it used to be, folks. That's what I mean. It just ain't what it used to be. So, I am pushed into my corner. In my corner is Samuel Beckett. Uh, and I guess today I'll just go with Sam. I have been reading bits of Happy Days, um, that short play by Samuel Beckett, uh, the one in which there is a woman, right, a woman, uh, <laughs> she, she, um, well, maybe I'll get to her. I'm going back here, digging back, because I was cross with Samuel Beckett. He tried to stop a couple of women, female actresses, from doing Waiting for Godot in uh, London. And I've had a grudge against him ever since. But let's face it, he, he's been gone these many years. He's over a 100 years old now, so... uh I think I'll just put him in my uh, in my little pile of uh, existential saints. Uh, I don't know. I still think Mark Twain is our resident American. A lot of people seem to think that Samuel Beckett is just a uh, 
you know, a Zen Buddhist who got lost in Ireland. Uh, well, he was hiding in Ireland, but then he went to France because it's easier to write in uh, a language that you were not born to. Uh. Anyway, Samuel Beckett's stuff is never conventional. It's never historical, lyrical, satirical, biblical, nothing like that. It's just the great human comedy, the great tragic comedy. And uh, I don't know why, when I discovered Beckett, I felt forgiven. I felt that all of the mental madness, uh, non-linear thought that I, uh, I, what is that? Actually, I published, yes. <laughs> anyway, the stuff that I was writing, I thought, well, Samuel Beckett will forgive me. And I wrote him a letter. And uh, he didn't forgive me, but he answered my letter. Anyway, I'm going to read to you from uh, some of his novels and plays. Here it is. Malone is one of his best. And uh, uh, Malone dies. And the other one is Malloy. Here we go. Let's just dive right in. You know how it is with existentialists. Their end is in the beginning, and yet they go on. Samuel Beckett writes, Up bright and early that day, I was young then, feeling awful. And up. Mother, hanging out of the window in her nightdress, weeping and waving. Nice, fresh morning. <laughs> Bright too early, as so often feeling really awful, very violent. Uh, sky would soon darken, rain fall, go on falling, all day till evening. Then blue sun again in a second, then night. Ah, oh, feeling all this, how violent, and the kind of day I stopped and turned, and so back with bowed head, on the lookout for snail, slug, or worm. Great love in my heart, too, for all things still and rooted. <laughs> Bushes, boulders, and the like are too numerous to mention. Even the flowers of the field, not for the world, when in my right senses would I ever touch one to pluck it. Where else a bird now, or a butterfly fluttering about, getting in my way, all moving things getting in my path? A slug now getting under my feet. Oh, no, 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 messy. Not that I go out of my way to get at them. No. Often at a distance they seem quite still. And the next moment they were all about me. Birds with my piercing sight I've seen flying so I, so far they seemed at rest. A minute later, they were on top of me. Crows have done this. Lux, perhaps the worst. 
to be suddenly stamping, stumbling in the midst of ducks or hens, any class of poultry. Few things are worse. Oh, not that I go out of my way to avoid such things when avoidable. No, I simply will not go out of my way. Though I have never in my life been on my way anywhere, but simply on my way. And in this way I have gone through great thickets, breathing deep into bogs of water too, even the sea in some moods and then carried out of my course or driven back so as not to drown. Ah, that is perhaps the way I shall die at last. If they don't catch me, I mean drowned. Or on fire. Yes, perhaps that's how I shall do it at last. Walking furious, headlong into fire and dying, burnt to bits. Well, then, for a while, no trouble. No birds at me, nothing across my path, except in the great distance, a white horse, followed by a boy, or it might have been a small man or woman. This is the only completely white horse I remember, what I believe the Germans call a schmoll, schmoll. I was very quick as a boy, picked up a lot of hard knowledge. Schmoll, schmoll, nice word for an English speaker. Ah, the sun was full upon it, and it seemed... To have a red band or stripe running down its side, I thought. Perhaps a belly band. Perhaps the horse was being taken to be harnessed to a trap or such like. It crossed my path a long way off. Then vanished behind greenery, I suppose. All I remember was the sudden appearance of the horse. Then disappearance. It was bright white with the sun on it. I've never seen such a horse, though often heard of them. I never saw another. White, I must say, has always affected me strongly. All white things, sheets, walls, and so on. Even flowers. Then just white. The thought of white without more. Oh, well, then, for a while, just the violence, and then this white horse. When, suddenly, I flew into a most, most 
savage race, rage, really blinding. Why this sudden rage, I really do not know. These sudden rages, they made my life a misery. Many other things, too, have done this. My sore throat, for example. I've never known what it is to be without a sore throat, but the rages were the worst. Like a great wind suddenly rising inside me. No, no, I can't describe it. It wasn't the violence getting worse in any case. Nothing to do with that. Sometimes I would be feeling violent all day, never have a rage. Other days, quite quiet for me. I'd have four or five. Ah, no accounting for it. <laughs> There's no accounting for anything, not with the kind of mind I always had. Ah, always on the alert against itself. Oh, there was a time I tried to get relief by beating my head against something, but I gave that up. No, no, the best thing I found was to start running. I was a very slow walker. Oh, I didn't dally or loiter in any way. Just walked very slowly, little short steps, and the feet very slow, through the air. On the other hand, I must have been quite one of the fastest runners the world has ever seen over a short distance, five or ten yards. In a second, I was there. But I could not go on at that speed. Oh, it was not recklessness. It was a mental. All is mental. Figments. No, the dog trot, on the other hand. I could no more do that than I could fly, no. With me, always slow, and then these flashes or gushes. Vent the pent, vent the pent. That was one of those things I used to say to myself over and over as I went along. Vent the pent, 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 vent, 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 Oh, the hell with it. Fortunately, my father died when I was a boy. Otherwise, I might have been a professor. He had his heart set on it. Oh, a very fair scholar I was, too. No thought, but a great memory. One time, I told him about Milton's cosmology. Way up in the mountains we were, resting against a huge rock, looking out to sea. Ah, that impressed him greatly. <laughs> ah, my father and mother. To think they are probably in paradise. They were so good. Yes, let me go to hell, that's all I ask, and go on cursing them there, and they look down and hear me. That might take some of the shine off their bliss. <laughs> I believe all their blather 
about the life to come. Mm, cheers me up. And unhappiness like mine, there's no annihilating that. I was mad, of course, still am, but harmless. I passed for harmless. That's a good one. No, no, not of course that I was really mad, just strange, a little strange. And with each passing year, a little stranger. There can be few stranger creatures going about than me in the present day. Oh, my father, did I kill him, too, as well as my mother? Perhaps, in a way, I did. Well, let us pass on from these old scenes... And come to my reward, uh, yes, then it will not be as now, day after day, out, on, round, back, in, like leaves turning or torn out and thrown, crumpled away, with a long, unbroken time without before or after, light or dark, from or towards or at Ah, the old half-knowledge of when and where. Ah, where gone and of what, what kinds of things all at once, then all going to nothing. There was... Never anything, never can be. Life and death. All nothing. That kind of thing. <laughs> Only a voice. Dreaming and droning on all around. That is something... A voice that once was in your mouth. Poor old lousy old earth. My earth and my father's and my mother's and my father's father's and my mother's mother's and my father's mother's and my mother's father's and my father's mother's father's and my mother's father's mother's and my father's mother's mother's and my mother's father's father's and my father's father's mother's and my mother's mother's father's and my father's 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 and my mother's 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 and everyone else's father's and mother's and excrement. Ah, oh, then the crocuses and the mimosas turning green every year, a week before the others, and the pastures red with uneaten sheep's placentas. 
And the long summer days and the new mown hay And the wood pigeon in the morning and the cuckoo in the afternoon And the corn crake in the evening and the wasps in the jam And the look of the gorse and the smell of the gorse And then apples falling and the children walking in the dead leaves and the lilacs turning brown a week before the others. And the chestnuts falling and the howling winds and the sea breaking over the pier and the first fires. The hooves on the road and the consumptive postman whistling that the roses are blooming in Picardy. And the standard oil lamp, and of course the snow, and to be sure the sleet, and bless your heart, the slush, and every fourth year the February debacle, and the endless April showers, and the crocuses, and then the whole bloody business starting all over again. Hmm. Oh. If I was to begin it all over again, knowing what I know now, the result would be the same. And if I was to begin again a third time, knowing what I would know then, the result would be the same. And if I was to begin it all over again a hundred times, knowing each time a little more than the time before, the result would always be the same in the hundredth life. As the first, and a hundred lives as one, a cat's flux. They said to me, That's love. Yes, yes, not a doubt. Now you see how easy it is. They said to me, that's friendship, yes, no question, you found it. They said to me, here, here's the place, stop, raise your head. Look at all that beauty and that order. They said to me, come now, you're not a brute beast. Think upon these things and you'll see how all becomes clear and simple. And they said to me, what skilled attention they get. All these dying of their wounds. I say to myself, sometimes you must learn to suffer better than that if you want them to weary of punishing you one day. I say to myself, sometimes you must be there better than that if you want them to let you go one day. But I feel too old and too far to form new habits. Good. I'll never end 
I'll never go. Suddenly one day it ends. It changes. I don't understand. It dies or it's me. I don't understand that either. I ask the words that remain, sleeping, waking, morning, evening, they have nothing to say. I open the door of the cell and go, I am so bowed I only see my feet. If I open my eyes, and between my legs, a little trail of black dust. This has been Jennifer Stone reading to you from... Uh, the immortal Samuel Beckett. I'll be back on the air this same time next week. Till then, go easy. And if you can't go easy, what the hell, don't go. radio station is about discovery. KPFA's mission is to create alternative news, culture, and public affairs programming that are both fulfilling and unpredictable. Fulfilling, satisfying our listeners' expectations that KPFA will continue to speak truth to power. Unpredictable, to constantly surprise and delight you. To inspire every listener to dig deeper and discover something new. That's why people say... I heard it on KPFA. Somani Sengupta, a veteran correspondent for the New York Times, won the prestigious George Polk Award for Foreign Reporting. She's just published an insider's compelling book on India today. Somani will present her views of the world's largest democracy on Tuesday, March 22nd at St.